set every sinner free. Every chain has to give way to the name of Jesus. Amen. Deal with every heart in life. Amen. This is God. He'll do more than just give you a makeover. He'll make you a new creature. Amen. A new creation in Christ. Amen. It'll be more than turning a new leaf, but it'll be something that is written in your heart. Amen. In your life, in your nature. Amen. Let's take our request to the Lord today as we just bow before him now. Dear Jesus, wonderful Savior, awesome Lord. Lord, we thank you that we come home one day and you gave us that welcome. We were who were lost, but you who through redemption redeemed us. Lord, something screams out of our life today that says, oh, what a Savior. Oh, God, we want to thank you that there's power in the name of Jesus. There's healing. That if today we have a need in our life, we can reach out and touch you because we know you're the ever-present God for every situation. Pray that you'll anoint us today by your Holy Spirit. We stand here, Lord, in your presence, knowing that there's things that we have to say that will be necessary to say. But we ask that your Holy Spirit will just write on the words that we speak and go down into the heart, into the life. And may it be more than just, just water on a duck's back, but may it absorb into a, a seed that is open, whose heart is open to the Word today. I ask it in the name of Jesus as we look into the Word, open it to our hearts. Those who couldn't be with us today, who would love to be in the service, but Lord, sickness or other problems has prevailed, I pray, God, that you'll just reach down to them. Whatever the need is, speak to that heart. Lord, those that are shut in, not able to come, those that are that are sick in their bodies and situations has happened where they can't be here. Lord, those that are out, way out, maybe far away, miles away, and let, yet they're streaming in today or will hear this service at a later date. I pray, God, you'll speak to the hearts. And Lord, speak to the hearts of your bride today. Encourage us. Strengthen us. Cause our hearts to believe. I ask it in the name of Jesus for your glory and honor. Amen. Amen. God bless you. And wonderful to be here again today. Be making your way to Mark chapter 11, 22. Just want to say we appreciate all the wonderful special songs and worship unto the Lord. And uh, Brother Jeremy Schreiner here just singing for us too. Brother Jeremy has just... um, this year went to Myanmar, 
over to um, formerly known as Burma and, um, and missionary there with Mike, Brother Mike Price. So, you know, he's, uh, he's, he's got out a little bit and, and uh, cut his teeth on the mission field. And may the Lord just continue to use him in a great way as he ministers wherever, there in Amarillo, around the world. Amen. We appreciate Brother Jeremy and Sister Hannah, all of you. We're just happy to have you today. God bless you. Mark eleven twenty two, And Jesus answered them, said unto them, have faith in God. Isn't it about time? Amen. I say it again. Isn't it about time that we have faith in God? For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, whatso, What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Amen. How many's got something that you're praying about? Just mix it with faith. Amen. And you'll have it. This is God's word. His promise cannot fail. Amen. God bless you as you take your seats. I want to remind you that um, next Sunday we'll be having two services, or at least on the 7th. I believe that's next Sunday, yes. And Brother John Andes will be here from um, Cloverdale. Um, British Columbia area, Washington State, actually, he comes from, and um, fellowships there with Brother Biscoll there. So if you can be here in those services, I know they will bless you. So we'll have 11 o'clock and then 4 o'clock on that, um, that Sunday, God willing. So we can look forward to some good times in the Lord. Amen? Amen. Now, this morning, we're going to... Uh, speak again on this scripture, and I want to speak on omnipotent faith in an omnipotent atonement. Big title, but great words. Now, faith is as a grain of mustard seed is what Jesus said. Um, as, as he would speak of it in another passage of scripture that we found in Matthew 17, and we've been reading from that also. Just a tiny bit of faith is all that's needed to conquer any mountain. Faith is a powerful gift of God, and every born-again believer has faith. For without it, it's impossible to please God. In fact, in, in order to come to God, you must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So using the tiny mustard seed as example, Jesus illustrated um, that the, the omnipotent power of God, that when it's unleashed in those of true faith, what power that is residence within that faith. True faith is omnipotent in power when it's connected to an omnipotent God. And that's the whole thing. You know, many people have faith. They believe in something, but they are not believing in the right things. But omnipotent faith or true faith is omnipotent in power when connected to an omnipotent God. 
So everything from the writing of the Old Testament to Calvary to the church ages with its messengers, the message, the seven seals, every mystery of the Bible that has been revealed in this day and, and, has, and up to this time has been for the purpose of preparing you for a miracle. Brother Branham would tell us in the message, the junction of time, um, he said Noah was building an ark, and he was not only working a miracle, but he was preparing for a miracle. I wonder how many of us are preparing for a miracle. Well, I believe that God's preparing a people for a miracle. Amen. So, so he says, now the church today is not only having miracles, and we can say that we have had miracles. We've had healings and great healings and great miracles. But it is, it is preparing for a miracle the coming of Jesus Christ. Amen. And the rapture of the church to be taken up. And he says, give me a church ready, visualized to see the signs and to see the omnipotent God, the great power of God moving amongst the people, which the rapture will be an easy thing when Jesus comes, they'll be caught up because they believe in such. Sure, we're at the end time. We're at the junction, the crossing time, the ending of a dispensation, which, of course, is a Gentile dispensation and the beginning of a new. There's been six of those, and we're on the seventh, and he's speaking particularly of the millennium to come. So, again, he says, give me a church that's ready, that has been prepared. Amen. That have, that a church that believes in miracles and sees miracles. Amen, that, that, that he said they're visualized, or in other words, their vision has been corrected. The ISAB has been given to cause them to be able to see signs and see the omnipotent God. I believe God wants to show his omnipotence because he's getting us ready for a rapture. Amen. One of the greatest miracles that could ever take place lays right before us. Amen. Where that the dead in Christ of thousands of years will stand again, complete and whole. Are you with me? Amen. And the living will be changed, standing on their feet, changed back to young men and young women again for a glorious youth camp ahead and the marriage supper of the Lamb. I say, what an hour! And what a day and what a thing that God is doing to bring such a preparation for this moment in time. Now, so he said, a church visualized, ready, visualized to see signs and to see the omnipotent God. Again, he would tell us when in in another sermon following this, uh, when their eyes were open, he said he by by this time his sermon had been put into print where he preached on the five junctions of time and and uh, they had retitled it when omnipotent speaks miracles happen, and they had actually took and printed that brother Bose would print it in his magazine of, of brother Bra- uh, brother Branham's sermon, and he says. Uh, omnipotent has spoke at every junction. And when the church has cooled off and then omnipotent spoke, miracles take place. 
And he said, and this is the junction of all junctions because this is the end time. Now, the reason he's talking about junctions because there's never been a junction, a major junction in time where that God didn't send the pillar of fire and reveal his presence and perform the miraculous. And you, my friends, are living in the days of miracles. Not a age where miracles are past, but where miracles are present. Amen. We're looking at miracles all over this building here today. Amen. Souls that have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb and have been transformed by the blood and the power of Christ. Not only are we looking at those miracles, but we also see his healing miracles. Amen, his miracles that happens in our marriages, uh, in our children, amen, in our church. We, we are people of miracles. Amen, believers who believe in the impossible, that nothing is impossible with you. Are you with me? Now, this is the end of history right now. The whole history of the world is, is at end right now and it's because it's at hand. And so you can expect omnipotence to speak. And you can expect the greatest and mightiest miracles that has ever happened on the earth will happen in these next years to come. I'm hearing the prophet speak. Amen. I wonder what your level of expectancy is this morning. You can expect the greatest and mightiest miracles that has ever happened on earth will happen in the next few years to come. Amen. I'm telling you, not a decrease in the power of God, but an increase in his omnipotence. Then he said, then wait for Satan to rise or raise his up too. When all heaven turns loose, all hell has turned loose. And it's prophesied there'd be a Janus and Jambres on earth in the last days who would almost impersonate the real thing so close it deceived the very elect if possible. So we're looking for all of that. So we're here in a day of, of unfolding prophecy where many, many scriptures are now being fulfilled. And we're in an hour and a day of great miracles that are taking place. Now, when we go to thinking of this, remember, as I said, all of the scripture, all of the Old Testament was preparing the people for the miraculous of God and the omnipotence to be made known. Everything that has been done up to now, as, as God would send a prophet in an age of restoration, everything he would do in the opening of the seals and the revealing of those mysteries was to prepare you for miracles. To give your heart to believing. Come on, somebody. That's where it was with Sarah there when she was sitting there in her unbelief. And her heart had to be turned from unbelief to faith. Now, of course, you know, again, when we look at the life of Abraham, we can see him in his journey with God, which starts out with the voice of God speaking to him and giving him the divine call and leads him on and on and on and on. And finally, he, you know, he comes to a point of where he is told to take the, the very miracle that God has given, which was Isaac, and go and sacrifice it. 
Now, I want you to understand, God had prepared Abraham for this miracle. All of the events of his life heretofore, here to now, was preparing him for this great miracle. It was getting him in a point where he would believe because, you know, because he, God now didn't send um, Abraham to go and sacrifice Isaac at the beginning of his walk. He sent him after his faith had matured. Amen. There ought to be some people of mature faith that believe more than any other generation has believed. Amen. Now, remember, Abraham was prepared for this moment. His faith was his righteousness. Did you hear what I said? Amen. For righteousness was imputed to him because he believed. And I want you to understand, righteousness gets imputed to you because you believe. That's why grace has been imparted, because you believe. Now, but not only did Sarah laugh at the promise, we all know about her, but did you ever read where Abraham laughed at the promise as well? He would fall on his face and laugh. When God would say, I'm going to give, Sarah's going to conceive and bring forth a son. And he would say, oh, 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 that, uh, that Ishmael might live before thee. You see, uh, again, you, you see, something had to happen to him to cause him to believe. Now, but now, there on that mountain, that day now, here he comes with a mature faith, looking at, at a promise of God, not knowing everything that is going to happen, but just trusting in the Almighty. He don't know what all is going to lay ahead. He is told to take his son and kill his only son. He is not given the details. He is not told what is going to happen, but his faith begins to work. And his faith begins, be, begins to speak with omnipotence. Hallelujah. Well, that Isaac would turn around and say, well, here's the fire and here's the wood, you know, but where is the sacrifice? Amen. But that omnipotent faith spoke out of Abraham's lips and said, my son, God will provide for himself a sacrifice. Amen. What was he doing there on that mountain? Faith provided a sacrifice. Amen. When, the, when omnipotent faith meets an omnipotent God, then heaven moves and creation happens. Amen. Amen. I don't know whether you know it or not. We're going to need the power of creation to see dust comes back to bones and bones raise up again and flesh come upon them and men and women rise from the dead of 2,000 years. I don't know if you know it or not, but it's going to take omnipotent faith to believe in a God of the impossible, to believe you can be standing and living and your gray hair turn back the right color and the wrinkles come off of your face. Come on. And you be transformed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye that is going to require omnipotent power but it's also going to cause a people to have omnipotent faith now let's go down to Moses for a moment and we're just going to touch on a few of these as we go along but you know Moses was had to be prepared he had to be prepared for his miracles is that right I mean, 80 years old, 
been in the wilderness, hadn't seen God at all. Yeah. It looked like to him, you know, God, you know, he, he had tried to make a step for God and God didn't manifest himself. Looked like he, you know, tried to kill an Egyptian and tried to save his people and, and ended in failure. And he's back on the backside of the desert now. And he's in confusion. He's, he, is, he has failed in, in what he has tried to do. But there one day, you know, a God who will not forget. When men forget it, when men get disillusioned, when the very prophet that he had ordained and, and had called and, and sent for that generation had, had lost his faith, Somebody help me now. Amen. God had not forgot his promise. And I don't care how weak your faith is and how, how you've forgotten God and how you've turned from him. I want you to know something. God has not forgot his promise. Hallelujah. This God is a God who don't forget. He's got a plan. This God has an agenda. Hallelujah. He's got a purpose. He's got a reason. Now, so there, there, the pillar of fire there that was in a burning bush, that, that would, a voice would speak out of that burning bush. That fire ignited Moses' faith and fanned it to flames. A man whose faith for nearly 80 years had been smothered in unbelief and failure. And now all of a sudden it ignites into a flame that begins to burn within him. And I must go back to Egypt and I must take over Egypt. I'm telling you, it's taken an omnipotent faith to believe I can go and whip Egypt with a stick. With a rod in my hand, with a sign from God, because of this visitation, amen, it fanned his faith to omnipotent faith. Amen, an all-powerful faith. Now, to hear that God was visiting his people by appearing to Moses in the wilderness in a pillar of fire, initially it caused the children of Israel to bow their heads and worship God. I want you to remember this. Here they would begin to hear the message. Oh, thank you, Lord. You have not forgot your promise. You have now met Moses on the backside of the desert. Now he comes out with a, a rod in his hands, and he will show them the signs, and their faith gets ignited, and they start believing, and they bow their heads and worship God. But I want you to understand, their faith had to be prepared for the miracle of the exodus. Are you with me? And it would take more than just seeing a sign. It would, it would have to be more than that. It would have to see every enemy fall at their feet. Every devil be defeated. Every god of the Nile. Every god uh, of the of the of the the bugs, the Belzebub that they worshipped, uh, of the gods of Egypt. Everything would have to fall to their feet and fall before them before they could have an exodus. I wonder if we're prepared for an exodus. Amen. Because every enemy's got to fall at our feet. We've got to be a people who believe. I say, God, prepare our faith for the miracle. Is that right? 
Amen. There they, it raised their hopes and their dreams of an exodus and a promised land where they wouldn't be slaves anymore. Nobody had ever known of their, of their granddaddy or their great-granddaddy. For 400 years, nobody had ever known what it meant to not be a slave. But all of a sudden, a dream comes in their heart. A hope begins to be ignited within because a prophet was bringing a message but they didn't realize, even with the prophet's message, how much their faith would be tried in order to be matured. Are you with me? Sometimes we think, you know, just getting the word, just getting the message is all there is to it. But I'm telling you, there, there has to be the development of that faith. Amen. Where, where, that it is, where, it's, where it becomes a great flame, where it becomes an omnipotent faith. Amen. Where you believe in the impossible. Amen. Where you can believe for anything. Amen. Amen. Now, you see, at that moment in time, Pharaoh and his army, you know, was... was um, you know, was little. It was, it, it looked possible. But the moment opposition came in, are you with me? The moment opposition came in and, and Moses takes up and he goes and, and he tells Pharaoh, let my people go. Let them go. Just let them go a little ways in the desert and worship God. And, and Pharaoh said, you, you people got too much time on your hand. And I'll tell you what, because you've so, you're too, got too much time, well, you can go gather the straw to make your bricks and don't let the tally of bricks fail. And, and so he put them even more busier, made their task even harder. And I'll tell you, you know, there, that, that faith that they had soon gave way to unbelief when they tried moving that mountain. Here, Moses goes and tries to move that mountain, and the mountain won't budge. A lot of times you speak to the mountain and the mountain didn't move. But that don't change God's word. Amen. If you stand there with omnipotent faith and an omnipotent atonement, that mountain's got to move. I don't care how long you've been waiting for it. They had been waiting 400 years for this mountain to move and for them to be able to go back to their promised land. But now here comes the enemy rising up and he begins to rise up, you know, and, and all of a sudden Pharaoh and his army was too big for their faith. It wasn't too big for God, but it was too big for their unbelief. Somebody help me preach. Amen. Your problem this morning isn't too big for God, but it's too big for unbelief. But if we can start getting you to believe, yes. right. amen. amen, all things are possible to them that believe. Amen. That's Bible. All things. Say it with me. All things. All things are possible then to them that believe. Now, so it would take the, it would take the fire of faith to stand in the face of the impersonators because next Moses goes down and performs a sign now and says, let my people go and and what, did, what happened? Here comes the enemy in. 
Here comes, here comes a face of impersonators rising up, Janus and Jambres, who will imitate and cheapen this sign. Well, everybody can do that. You know, that's just a cheap trick. That's just, you know, oh, that, that, that's nothing whatsoever. That's not going to deliver you. And you see, again, Janice and Jambres coming along was, was doing that to steal their faith. And even to try Moses' faith, where Moses would stand back and say, well, God, you told me, and he's not letting the people go, and his heart is even becoming more harder. I'm telling you, if your enemy's heart has become more harder, that means that God is doing some work. Amen. If your case is getting more difficult, if your situation seems more impossible, that means that God is on the scene. Hallelujah. Bringing to pass the impossible. Amen. Because he said, this mountain shall be removed. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, this would harden the hearts of Pharaoh, and also fill Moses' own countrymen and his fellow Israelites with more doubt and unbelief and even more fear. I want you to understand, church, sometimes you have to stand when everybody else is disbelieving. Amen. When all even your minister friends aren't even believing. When, when in your church others are not even believing and you're hearing this and you're hearing that and, and these words of unbelief and that word is being spoken because of the delay that we're in. Amen. And it causes people when they see it's getting worse and it's getting darker and it's harder than ever. Then, then people begin to melt in their faith. I want you to understand, but all of this is a design of God because in allowing this to be to, for your, your faith to be tested and then your strength go back and forth, it is only the exercise of God's promise to cause mighty faith muscles to be developed in your life. Amen. The resistance is not a sign of defeat. The resistance means by this resistance, I am getting stronger. I am not getting weaker. I am getting stronger. Abraham, he staggered not at the promise of God. He got stronger and stronger and stronger by the exercise of his faith. Now, the showing of the sign and the demand to leave Egypt just to worship caused Pharaoh to say, these people are idle, more burdens. And even then, it would take the revelation of God in his omnipotent power displaying his greatness. You see, they had only known him as a historical God. And now here comes a prophet raising him up out of history with two signs. Amen? Amen. So, again, he would have a sign in his hand, and then he would have the sign of, of, the, of the rod turning into a serpent and, and, and then coming back again. He would have two signs. Now, 
again, they had only known him as an historical God. I would like to look here in the Exodus 6 and 3, and Abraham, uh, I mean, sorry, Moses gets an explanation from God as to what his plan and his purpose is. And he says, now I appeared unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob by the name of God Almighty, which means El Shaddai. But by my name Jehovah was I not known to them. I am going to express myself in a greater way than what I've ever expressed. And when they have known me as God Almighty, but by my name, Jehovah, was I not known to them. I'd like to read that from the Amplified. He says, I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, as God Almighty, else said I. But by my name, the Lord, Yahweh, the redemptive name of God, I did not make myself known to them in acts and great miracles. Now, think of this. By my name, I appeared to them as God Almighty, else said I. Now, think of this. We have had him appear in the Scripture. And as I said last Sunday, you know, shad meaning the breast. And, and so God says, I'm your father and your mother. I am El Shaddai. And nurse from me, Abraham. Just nurse from me. And so he, he took he took he, the two breasts that Brother Branham did, and he spoke of it, the Old and the New Testament, and you nurse your strength from the Word of God. Amen. You just keep nursing on that and taking strength from that. But God said, you know, I've been known through the Bible, but now I'm going to know, let you know I'm going to make myself known to them in my redemptive name. Hallelujah. In my full atonement, in my redemptive name, Jehovah. Amen. Now, my redemptive name is known in great miracles and mighty acts. This is how his, his redemption is made known, in great miracles and mighty acts. Come on, somebody. Amen. So you see, before the Exodus, God must make himself known in omnipotence and in all-powerful, and the, the all-powerful redemptive name of Jehovah. He said, I'm going to let them know redemption. Amen. Now, so, so again, his name, Jehovah, is his redemptive name. That in that name, he brings redemption. And in order to bring them into an exodus, it will have to be through a redemptive name, Jehovah. It'll have to be through redemption. And in order to get us in a rapture, in an exodus, it will have to be through an all-omnipotent atonement in the redemptive name and the redemptive acts and the mighty miracles of a mighty omnipotent God. Are you with me now? So this name would have seven manifestations. Oh, hallelujah. And these seven manifestations would be, uh, would be Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide a sacrifice. It means the Lord will see 
our need and provide. So you see, part of his redemptive name is the Lord sees what you need. Even if it's as significant, insignificant as the squirrels were that day. As I said, Brother Bradham wasn't hungry. Amen. He would have survived if he never had another squirrel in his life. Come on, somebody. But God said, what do you need? Because God's letting us know that no matter how insignificant our need is, this God is mindful of that need. Are you with me now? Amen. So again, the Lord will provide himself a sacrifice. He will see your need and provide a lamb for it. And this is what he did. He saw that Abraham had a need of a lamb and he provided a lamb. Amen. To be, to be there instead of Isaac. And I'll tell you, that lamb is there for you to be instead of you. He died for you instead of you. He was wounded for you instead of you. He was bruised for you instead of you. Amen. Because of your iniquities, you should have been the one whipped and, and, and die. But because of his redemptive name, he provided a sacrifice for you. A lamb for you. Oh, hallelujah. I don't know where people get today when they say he's not no more lamb anymore. That means he's not no more Jehovah Jireh. He can no longer provide the sacrifice. But brother, I'll tell you, we have a lamb, a provided lamb, and that lamb has provided a token so that the death angel can pass over. Come on. Amen. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide a sacrifice. No, he would, that, that again, his name would be known as Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, our healer. Amen. If you need healing today, it's in that name. Didn't you, didn't you just rejoice over that song a minute ago? There's power in the name of Jesus. Amen. What is there healing in the name of Jesus? Amen. The Lord, our healer, Jehovah Rapha. Amen. He's here to reveal himself to you this morning. If you're sick in your body, you got a need or even sick in your soul, he's a God that will heal all diseases. He is a God that will reach further down than what you can look up. Amen. Jehovah Nissi, which means the Lord, our banner. Amen. Now, all of these have got significance. Amen. Because it was an expression of his redemptive name, Jehovah Nissi, uh, which means the Lord, our banner. And when Israel there was on their way to the promised land, how many is on your way? Amen. To heaven. Amen. To a rapture. And here the Amalekites come out, and there, there they come out and, and, and begin to attack them from the hinder side, coming around, you know, trying to destroy them, keep them out of the promised land. And, and the battle was raging against the Amalekites, and Moses climbed up on Horeb, and he held up his rod like a banner. And when Israel looked at him standing there with his hands raised, there they took courage 
And when they took courage there, omnipotent faith took over. Amen. Amen. And they began to defeat their enemy because the banner of that rod was held high. Is somebody with me now? And there when Moses grew tired and his rod would go down, the Israel couldn't see it, they would lose courage and begin to run before their enemies. And the Amalekites would gain ground. Aaron and Hur took up a stone and sat Moses on either sat Moses on the stone and stood on either side and they held Moses' hands up. Are you with me? And when they would look, they would see that rod, that banner, held high. Amen. And say the the name of the Lord is a mighty tower. Amen. Say the name of the Lord will prevail over this. Jehovah's on our side. His banner is lifted high. Are you with me now? Amen. And but but there they would hold it up and they he held it up till the going down of the sun and they slew their enemies prevailed against their enemies you see omnipotent faith was there when they could see the banner waving high amen and after the victory after the victory Moses built an altar and called it Jehovah Nishi which is the Lord our banner Amen. Now, I want you to get this for a moment because we don't have a banner like that. But we do have a banner. Jesus Christ is our Jehovah Nishi. Amen. The Lord, our banner, our banner in the majesty of his person, in the merit of his blood, in the perfection of his righteousness, in the certainty of his triumph. Christ is the banner of the church. And when we were losing the battle against sin, his hands were nailed to a tree. Amen. Holding up his hands. And all we've got to do today is look at the cross where his hands are up. Amen. Where they're held high. Amen. Victorious over sin. Victorious over darkness. Over disease. Over sickness. Are you with me, church? For he said, in my name there is redemption. All you've got to do is look back to Calvary and see his hands never went down till he won the victory. And your victory is secure when you look back at your banner. Come on, somebody. Amen. Oh, thanks be to God. Now, Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is our peace. There again, that was another name of his redemptive qualities. The Lord is our peace. Remember, without him, you have no peace. Jehovah Ra, the Lord is our shepherd. What does he say? I shall not want. If he's your shepherd, come on. How many will confess that? The Lord is my shepherd. Well, then what about the rest of it? I shall not want. Amen. Every need I got is going to be supplied in him. Amen. No, notice now, Jehovah Ra, the Lord our shepherd. Jehovah Sidkenu, which means the Lord is our righteousness. Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is present. Amen. Amen. Are you with me now? 
Amen. Here we've come back. If you just stop and start just for a minute and, and not, the, not trying to really make a type out of this, but seven compound names and seven compound or seven church ages. And we start off with Jehovah Jireh, the sacrifice, and we end with the Lord is present. Hallelujah. It's all in redemption. The Lord is present. That ought to be our cry, our battle cry. We cannot lose because the Lord is present. The sick cannot lay unhealed because the Lord is present. The unsaved cannot remain unsaved. Sin cannot abound because the Lord is present. Now, as we look at this, again, in my name, there is redemption. And it was all summed up in the name Jesus, which means Jehovah saves. Hallelujah. All the seven are summed up in one. Jehovah Savior, Jesus Amen. What's his specialty? And he will save his people from their unbelief. Somebody help me preach now. From their sins, from their unbelief. Now, so again, in his name, there is redemption. I'd like, I'd like just to look at this for a moment. Acts 4 and verse 10. Be it known unto you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. Now, this was man at the gate called Beautiful. Peter and John comes and sees him begging for alms, and they have something better than money. They have something better than temporary help. But it said, such as I have, give I unto thee. Amen. I think that's the attitude of a true church. Amen. What I've got, I'll give it to you. Amen. If you need the Holy Ghost, I got it. Amen. We'll give it to you. Amen. Freely receive, we freely give. Amen. You need healing, we got it. Come on, as believers, we got it. I'll give it to you. Amen. Whatever your need is, we got it. Amen. There's a need supplier. It's all in Jehovah. It's all in Jesus. Somebody with me now. Be it known to you and all of Israel that by the name of Jesus of Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here whole before you. I'm looking at men and women all across this building today that we can say the same thing about. By the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who was crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him. We stand whole today. This is the stone which was set us at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. I tell you, if your if your religion, if your teachings, if your doctrine don't have Jesus as the head of the corner, Amen, you have already fallen from grace. Amen. But he said, Neither is there salvation in any other. There is no salvation in a church. There's no salvation in a group of people. If they call themselves the bride or this or that, it doesn't matter. There is no salvation there. There is 
redemptive man, the name of Jesus Christ. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Hallelujah. See, you see, the bride cannot be heaven's mercy seat. There's no redemption in her. Amen. She cannot save nor redeem. There's no salvation in her name. She is not the redeemer, but rather the object of redemption. She can only be the place of worship if he is in her midst. In her, because of his presence, she is the place of worship. (coughs) Now, notice only because he's there. You see, I am the presence God. He must be in the midst of the church. Well, you say, what about Laodicea? Is he in the midst of this evil age? Well, let's hear what the prophet said. He walketh among them in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. How many is that? Seven. Amen. If he's in the midst of the seven, then he has to be in Laodicea too. How meaningful are these words when viewed in the light of the Scripture, which describes him as Christ, who is our life. For Christ indeed is the life of the church. She has no other life. Without him, she's simply a religious society, a club, a meaningless gathering of people. As a corpse bejeweled and dressed is still a corpse. So the church, no matter what her programs and her gracious efforts might achieve, without Christ, she is a corpse also. But with him in her midst... With him motivating her, she becomes the wonderment of all, his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. And this very hour, did you hear that? Amen. I believe right here to 2019, this very hour, right here on the last day of March. Come on. Right today, this very hour, he is walking in the midst of the last age's golden candlestick. What he was as he walked in the first age, he is even now in this last age. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Aren't you glad he's in our midst? Aren't you glad we can expect him? Amen. Now, Moses, under the atonement of blood, the blood of bulls and goats, he spoke and he called for frogs, flies, lice, locusts. He changed the course of nature so that there would be darkness in the land, so thick that a man could fill it. And my Moses came upon a Red Sea, and there was no way around it. And he began crying because it looked impossible. And God rebuked him and said, Moses, use that omnipotent faith. Amen. You've been groomed. You've been prepared. Don't you remember what I did to the Egyptians? Don't you remember what I did to the Nile? Don't you remember what I did and called flies and and locusts and brought darkness? I did all of this. Don't you know my power? Don't you know? Don't you know I I sent a prophet to you that eyes of the blind were open, the deaf heard, miracles happened. Amen. And now you're in a 
situation and now you're going back and going back to your old unbelief again? Come on, get off of that and go back to that mature faith that has been planted in you. Hallelujah, come on somebody. Go back to that omnipotent faith and speak and quit crying. I tell you, it's about time that we realize where we are in time. Amen. There is a bride who should be mature by now. Amen. She's been laying in the presence of the sun, and she wasn't laid here to rot. She was laid here to ripen in his presence and to mature and all the greenness out. Amen. Oh, use that omnipotent faith, Moses. That faith that can move a mountain. That faith, Moses, that can create frogs. That faith that can call lights to come. That, that faith that can bring boils upon your enemy. That can torment the devil. Amen. I showed you what I could do with my mighty power. Use that faith that has been developed in you by me sending a message to you in the end time. Faith that can move a mountain is faith that can move the sea. So then why cry? Speak. Any time that we start using our omnipotent faith instead of our feelings, instead of looking at circumstances, instead of seeing how we're surrounded about with the enemy, and begin to use that omnipotent faith we have been equipped with. You say, Brother Tim, how could you call our faith omnipotent? Oh, you say, my, my faith is really tiny. It's real little. I, it's real, real weak. No, there's no such thing as weak faith. Amen. And faith, if it's a grain of a mustard seed, has got enough omnipotence in it to move a mountain. That's pretty tiny. It's got enough to move a mountain. Now, so Joshua, we remember he was in battle and he needed more light and he commanded the sun to stand still. You see, mustard seed faith in his commission caused him to speak with omnipotence. Now, Brother Branham was standing there, actually sitting scooted under a tree and thinking about a scripture that he, it was a great mountain before him. It was the one I just read to you. And he, he, he was thinking about that scripture, about moving a mountain, that nothing would be impossible with you if you say to this mountain. And he was pondering about it and wondering, what if this was, you know, must have been something that was before um, the atonement was even given. So it wasn't in the atonement. You know, of course, that would make what was before the atonement greater than the atonement. Right? right. Right? Amen. But that's sometimes what we begin to think. You know, we we begin to think when we look at our situation, well, it's not not something uh, that's possible to get over. It's not a situation that I'm able to, to apprehend. It's too big. It's insurmountable. It's a huge mountain. Now, but Brother Branham was, as his thinking began to be changed, he was said, told, if the person through the atonement, I don't know what we're going to do if we do away with the atonement. I don't know.
know where we're going to go if we do away with Christ. Amen. And him being the mercy seat. And, there's, and the blood has lost its position and lost its power. I don't know where we're going to go to. Amen. Because Brother Brandon said, if the person through the atonement, sanctified by the blood of Jesus Christ, can live in such a sphere with God so close that he can be wrapped so completely in God by the blood of Jesus, that it wouldn't be him talking. It would be the Holy Spirit speaking these things. Now, so you can see the atonement cleanses the believer. By the blood of Jesus, every person who's been filled with the Spirit of God lives in a sphere with God, so completely wrapped in God by the blood that God will use his vessel to speak through. I'm talking about the smallest believer. Are you with me? Now, so Brother Branham talked about this in perfect faith. And, and he says, now, I want to read a passage that just used to turn me around. I want to have a prayer line and, and pray for everybody that needs, wants prayer. We're going to turn to St. Mark 11, and we're going to begin to read about the 22nd verse of the 11th chapter of St. Mark. Many of you know the scripture. It's very familiar. It was the scripture that I was thinking on. When he spoke to me and said about those squirrels, and that was just the very scripture I was thinking on. It's always been a puzzle. He said, if you say, not if I say, if you say. And then he reads the scripture, and we'll bring it back to our forefront of our memory. Jesus answering them said unto them, have faith in God. They looked at a fig tree that he had cursed, spoke the life out of it. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore, I say unto you, whatsoever thing, whatsoever thing, soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and ye shall have them. Right. Now, so he would speak there about that. He said, this is the scripture I was thinking of. This is the mighty mountain I couldn't get over. But then he got it, pointed back to the atonement. And that through the blood of Jesus and through his redemptive name, hallelujah, through his sacrifice, that it brings a connection with God and man again. And man, when he begins to have omnipotent faith, it connects him to an omnipotent God and things begin to happen. Creation begins to happen. You know, Brother Tim, we, we don't need creation this morning. Oh, yes, we do. Amen. We need sinners to become a new creation. Oh, yes, we do. We got those right here in this building that's got cancer, cancer in their body. Are you with me? Amen. That will take a creation of a new bloodstream. Amen. To come and to cleanse them and to heal them and drive that cancer out and bring a renewing of their body. 
Amen. We got other situations just like that. Amen. That it takes the power of creation. I just want to just say to you some of the things that has happened in this church was because of the power of creation. Omnipotent spoke. Hallelujah. When omnipotent speaks, things happen. Amen. It wasn't because the man was omnipotent, but because omnipotent faith was placed in an omnipotent atonement. One day cancer, next day no cancer. One day a brain bleed, go back again, it's gone. Come on, somebody. Amen. Doctor looked into the eye and said, looks at the MRI, and and the eye that was blind now seeing, and he's saying, marvelous, marvelous, only God can do this. You're a miracle. Are you with me? Amen. Why? What is that preparing us for? More miracles. A greater miracle, greater deliverance, the greater display of the power of God, not less, more. Are you with me? Amen. There, there again, Jesus, Jesus knew he had pleased God. He knew there was nothing on his life. God had already testified, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased, hear him. This is my beloved son whom I'm pleased to dwell in. At the day of his baptism. You say, Brother Tim, I wish that was said over me. It's said over everyone that's filled with the Holy Ghost. That was God's statement. This is my son, and I'm pleased to dwell in him. Come on. You know you have pleased God. That sin is dealt with when the Holy Ghost comes. Because he's not going to come and dwell in an unclean vessel. And it is God's, amen, identification and vindication of a believer. And God saying, this is my son. This is my daughter in whom I'm pleased to dwell in. Now hear them. Now they become the testimony. Now omnipotence is going to speak through them. Now omnipotence is going to go to work. Amen. Omnipotent power. Cigarettes has no power no more. Dope has no more power. Amen. Sex sins has no more power. Pornography has no more power. Amen. Why? Because omnipotent begins to speak out of a born again life. A new creation has begun, and the power of that creation begins to manifest. Now, he says, Brother Branham says, there at that Jordan, and everyone has to come to their Jordan. I had mine, you had yours. And if you ain't had yours, you got to come there, and there be death to self. Amen. Come down there and, and, and there testify. I no longer belong to sin. I'm no longer a slave to sin. I am a child of God. And then God comes and testifies to it by giving you the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Oh, church, don't just sit there. You know, it's like you're looking at like a mule at a new gate. Come on. You know what happened with Jesus. He stood there in the river Jordan, and the dove came down, and a voice spoke out of it. Come 
on somebody and said, this is my beloved son. And you may not have seen the dove, but you know what happened to you. But there at your Jordan, hallelujah, heavens open. And omnipotent spoke and said, I claim this one as a body for me to dwell in, to take my boat in. This is my son. Today I have begotten thee. Now you're a son of God. Not you will be, but now you are sons of God. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm pleased to dwell in you. I'm pleased to make my abode in here. There's no condemnation to him at all. I want you to notice the spirit came and abode with him forever. When he comes in that manner of the true baptism of the Holy Ghost, he doesn't come and go. So, Brother Tim, I, you know, we, we can grieve him away. Not from your soul, you can't. You're through grieving him. Amen. You're through causing him to leave you. Amen. When, you, when you're there in repentance and sanctification and you're going back and forth and going back, yeah, you offend him and you grieve the Holy Spirit. And he said, don't grieve the Holy Spirit because that's what you're sealed with. You've got to have that for the seal. So you therefore put away lying. Let every man speak truth to his neighbor. Quit to those that stole, steal no more. Let him work with his hands. You know what's he saying? Lay sin down. Get rid of that unbelief. Quit grieving him because if you keep grieving him, the Holy Ghost won't come. Some of you want the Holy Ghost. Well, quit grieving him. Every time you look at pornography, you push him back. Come on. Every time you go back and, and, and they're in, in the wrong things and the wrong activities, you push him back. He goes back and waits and for you to become a lamb. Is that right? Grieve not, but when he comes, oh, hallelujah. Can I preach it this morning? Amen. When he comes, he comes to dwell. And when he dwells, he abides. And when he abides, he never leaves. Hallelujah. You're sealed to the day of redemption. Amen. He'll never depart. Never, 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 never will you ever go alone again. He'll be with you, even in you, to the end of the world. In your deepest trial, he's there. When your friends turn against you, he's there. When situations come to you that you don't know how to handle, he's there. The omnipotent God with omnipotent power. And Brother Brandon says, now, after he established this about Jesus, now, when the same God comes to you and is pleased to dwell in you, pleased to honor your word, what your decision is. What was Joshua's decision? Son, stand still. And it stood there, amen. What was Moses' decision? Held his stick over the Red Sea like that and called for it to open. It opened. And whatever you ask, if you say to this mountain, be moved and don't doubt. See in your heart, but believe that what you said will come to pass. You can have what you said. That puts you back in the word. 
I'm reading the prophet. That puts you back in the word. That puts you back in that scripture. That nothing then is impossible with you. Amen. Now, that is not skim milk. See, it puts you back. I know it goes to jump right over the top of you, maybe because it can't anchor, but real genuine faith catches that right now. I'm just saying, let your faith catch it this morning. This is where it's placed you. It placed you in speaking terms. It placed you there with a faith, an omnipotent faith, that when connected to an omnipotent God, things happen. He said, I've seen it, friends. Here's a Bible laying open before me. I've seen it happen. I know it's the truth. I know God in heaven knows. I might not live through to finish this message, but I know that it happened. I've seen it myself. I'm a witness of that word being fulfilled, that I know it's the truth. Say it. And stand there and see the creator bring a living creature into existence right in the presence of your eyes, and you shake your head and wonder just exactly like it because you said so. And turn over here and say, there'll be another one there, and look, and there it is. Now, that's the truth. Oh, where should we be? There's perfect faith. Huh. Oh, my. No vision. Just speak the word. Never saw a squirrel. He just said this scripture and what it was and said, speak it. And don't doubt it, and you can have it, what you say, and it'll be there. And I took God in his word, and it was there. That's right, just as powerful. And friend, as your pastor, that is just as powerful as it was when Joshua stopped the sun. Because, because the sun was already there, the elements was all was moving, and he, he stopped the movement. But this, he brought something there that wasn't there. And he created, I'm so glad to be acquainted with the God that can take the dust of the earth someday without anything and call me back to life again, that same faith after I've been planted in the grave. Oh, my. There you are, the great physician who is here, who said, these signs shall follow them that believe. And he said, if they lay their hands on the sick, they shall recover. And if you say to this mountain, be moved. Don't doubt in your heart, but can believe. If he can create squirrels who has no way at all or nothing there to believe. Come on now. It is my own faith that goes and does that. My faith in what he challenged me to ask. He challenged me to ask it, and I received his challenge in obedience to his word, I asked, and it appeared. God in heaven knows that's true. Can he also heal the sick? If he can lift me with the faith of this way, even for people, even if they can't climb in that bracket, if they can't do it, he can use my faith. He can lift me to that place, and I'm climbing for you. I'm believing for you. I'm speaking for you. Hallelujah. Isn't it time you start speaking instead of crying? Isn't it time that you begin to claim what God's inheritance is for you? When you look at that mountain, quit crying because it's so big. 
and began to speak it out of existence. Are you with me now? Now, Brother Branham would say this, and he says, the Greeks came to, to see Jesus and said, sirs, we would see Jesus. And he said, now, that, that is something, you know, that, that again, that is a responsibility of the church is that people would see Jesus. And Brother Brandon said, there's some things in the Bible that God wants us to challenge. Stop here now just for a minute. Some things in the Bible God wants us to challenge. God is an all-powerful God. And he gave his servants a commission to do great things. And we mustn't be afraid to ask God to do great things. Because he asked us to do the impossible without him. So if he asked us to do the impossible, we want to have the omnipotent God to do those impossibles. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And these signs shall follow them that believe the impossible with man. And we mustn't be afraid to ask God to keep his word. Hallelujah. Amen. Maybe that thing that is in your way, God brought you there. For you to speak to it. For you to claim God's promise over. Amen. God, the, listen, God wants us to challenge. I'm quoting your prophet. God wants us to challenge. He, he, he's all powerful. He gave his servants a commission to do great things. We mustn't be afraid to ask God to do great things. Amen. Come on. We got to believe. Somebody's got to start believing. Amen. We gotta, we're looking here at the promise of God. We got things staring right in front of us that you can't get around, you can't get under, and you can't get over. And the only way it's going to go is when it, when it moves because of omnipotence. Again, Brother Branham would say this, and have faith in God. He said, and, and this must be a prayer. He says, all ages are God. Before there was a light, you were God. Before there was a heaven, you were God. When all life is finished and no stars are shining and the solar system has vanished, you'll still be God. Wonder if we can have faith in him this morning. Amen. How then, how comes then that we little insignificant man will try to compromise, comprehend in our mind or let Satan deceive us by trying to make us doubt when you said it's the truth? Surely you keep your word. Thou dost look and seek out diligently throughout the, all the earth to find someone you can show your glory through. For you're so anxious to let people see the great God who made the promise keeps the promise. And grant, almighty God, you are sovereign. And even over our unbelief, your grace overrides our unbelief. Amen. What was it? Grace overrode Moses' unbelief. Grace overrode Abraham's unbelief. Amen. Grace will override your unbelief. 
hallelujah. A lot of times we have difficulty as humans because we're finite and we're just human and it's hard for us to grasp it. But I'll tell you, grace will overcome and override your own unbelief. Amen. God said, I'll have a rapture. He said, I'll have a church. He said she would be without spot or blemish. I'll tell you, grace will override our unbelief. Amen. Grace will provide that church without spot or wrinkle. Grace will provide a rapture. Grace will provide a resurrection. And grace will provide healing and even override your unbelief. And grace will even override, amen, your unbelief for a lost loved one. And bring them in anyhow because God has a purpose and God has a plan. Hallelujah. What am I trying to tell you? God is greater than your unbelief. God is greater than your failures. God is greater than your past. There at Sabina Canyon, wondering about his ministry, as this third pull would continue to unfold, it would be demonstrate in many different ways, as we spoke about it in the last few services. Squirrels would be brought into existence. There would be children that would be saved by the power of the spoken word. There would be little fishy give its life. And a resurrection take place. There would be a tumor showing us that you could be miles away. One in, in, in Jeffersonville, Brother Branham and his wife in Tucson. Miles away. And those words would move. Come on. Hallelujah. The word of God would be spoken. And he would go all the way 1,500 miles or 1,200 miles, whatever it is, from, from that place to that place. In an instant, while the doctor's hand, before it touches her, let the tumor be gone. And it happened. It would speak squirrels into existence, but then would speak, it would speak a storm out of existence. We're talking about omnipotent speaking. Amen. Now, there at Sabina Canyon, after receiving the, 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 the vision of heaven opening, seven angels, mighty angels coming at the speed of light, coming to him with a, with, 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 with a message. And we was wondering about it. He said it came and was such a blast. He said, I couldn't have survived that blast. I don't know how I could have. How a person could, and he wondered if it wasn't the end of his life and the end of his, uh, of, of his ministry. And he was there early one morning at Sabina Canyon wondering about it after that great vision. How could he survive that? Maybe I'll, I'll, be, I'll, I'll be killed in that explosion. You know, and standing there in Sabina Canyon with his hands raised to God, a sword came into his hand. Miles away from civilization, sword there appears in his hand to make certain he understood. Come on now. A voice said, this is the king's sword. 
This is that third pull. Amen. Oh, my. This is your ministry. The king's sword. Are you with me? The sword of the Lord is like no other. Amen. His words cut like a two-edged sword. His words will push back the enemy. His words hold the power of creation. Come on, everything he did was by his word. He said, let there be light, and there was light. Let there be, let there be, let there be, and his words created. I'm trying to tell you the power that lays in your message, the power that is now in your hands. Amen. The power of this word, power of creation, power of salvation, power of healing, of resurrection, power to, amen, to control the storms in your life. I'm trying to tell you the power that lays in this word, in this message, in this third pull. It's not a bunch of empty theology. It's a power of the atonement at work. Amen. It's a display of the power of the blood of Jesus. Are you with me? It is the mercy seat in action. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Can you help me preach now? Amen. Brother Branham was there in the, in, the, um, in the seals. Right in the middle of the seals, he began to speak in the fifth seal. He talk, began to talk about a little girl that had been, that had, had um, um, leukemia cancer of the bloodstream. She was eat up with it so bad that the doctors had, had said she only had a few days to live. She couldn't hold any food down, had no appetite. It was actually, I think, trying to feed her in other ways, maybe through the veins or somehow through, through a drip. But in ways, she, she had that leukemia. And there, there, you know, in the very presence of God, the prophet of God began to speak, and he saw even a vision of the, of, of the child and, and so on like that. Anyway, a healing took place. And Brother Branham would, would um, speak of the omnipotence of the power of God that had brought about that healing. He said two or three days after that, you know, the, the little girl, you know, when she was prayed for, she immediately began to cry for hamburger. She wanted to eat something. She began to get stronger and stronger. Two, three days later, they sent her to school. Doctor found out about it, and she went to the doctor, and the doctor was so amazed, and he tested her and said, there's not a trace of leukemia found in the child. Now, he said, that's instantaneously on the mark. The power of Almighty God to take a bloodstream and cleanse it out like that and put the pulsation of new life back in there because your bloodstream is life, mortal, and to create new cells and clean out the old. What he's trying to tell you, that was a creative act of the Almighty God that could take a bloodstream that's contaminated with cancer until the child was yellow and all swelled out and all kinds of, of, of symptoms that she had and instantaneously be healed. It would, take, it would take the spoken word power of God to do that. Creative power. 
I'm trying to tell you something, church. We've been seeing creative power work right here. Amen. We're right here in the promise of the word. You know why? Because there's a sword been put in our hands. Because there's been a message given to us. Because there's been a faith put in the atonement. And because of the atonement, because of the blood, we stand in position as a son of God, as a daughter of God, amen, to claim the promise of God. Now, so again, he would say, he'd say, he would tell again about little Mikey Collins during the seals. He took sick, and Mikey was just a young boy of maybe six, seven, eight years old, not sure of his age, 10 or less, I would say. And there he'd come down with rheumatic fever. And the doctors had quarantined him and set him aside, wouldn't let him go to school. And, 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 and you know, he was sick. They, they called Brother Branham. Brother Branham went and had prayer with the child. And there, you know, the child immediately got well. They sent it back to school and it alarmed the doctor. And the doctor wanted to check him out. And certainly, you know, it was a contagious sickness, and, but it was all gone. And Brother Branham said, I believe, I'm not going to speak it in his name. I'm going to speak it in the revelation of my faith. I'll say, that's good enough for me. What happened in Sabina Canyon the other day, I believe that the hour is approaching when missing limbs will be restored and the glorious power of the Creator. I believe if it can make a squirrel appear that has no, if here's a man or woman just got a part missing and that a complete animal in itself, oh God, he says, I love him. And then in the seventh seal, he would say, I'm sure you've noticed these things that's been happening this week. I'm sure you noticed the little Collins boy laying here the other night, the little leukemia girl. The kingdom of God is coming. Hallelujah. I hadn't found anywhere where it's left. But it's coming, and it's coming more from the negative to the positive as it has been. And he said, now that ought not choke the people from justification to sanctification to the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And then here, we're just drawing closer to God all the time. Amen. How many can confess that? Amen. Now, notice, if the person, through the atonement, sanctified by the blood of Jesus, can live in such a sphere with God so close that he can be wrapped so completely in God by the blood of Jesus. It wouldn't be him talking. It'd be the Holy Spirit speaking these things. Let me just try to bring this down to a close. We just find a comma to put here. But I want you to think about our Lord Jesus. When he walked upon the earth, he healed the sick. He cleansed the leopard. He cast out devils by word. I'm talking about the power of the word now. I'm talking about your message is not simply a doctrine. It is not a cold creed. Amen. It is not something that puts the church to sleep in a lukewarm condition. It is not something that takes the amens and the hallelujahs and the glories of God out of the church. It puts it back in the church because there are those who respond to the truth by saying, that's nothing but the truth. Amen. 
Now, when Jesus was here, he was the mighty conqueror. And he expects his bride, his people, his body on earth to be nothing less than conquerors. For he would say to you in this last age, to him that is a conqueror. To him that overcometh. To him that is a conqueror. I will grant to sit with me. I'm going to take him in a rapture. They're going to sit with me on my throne. And even now, it's not just future tense, it's also present tense. That we sit with him in power and authority. Are you with me? Now, let me just use some scripture here. Matthew 8, 16. And when evening was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils. And he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick. Mark 1.22, and they were astonished at his doctrine. For he taught as one had authority and not as scribes. His doctrine had authority. It was not a powerless word. It had power in it. Oh, come on now. Amen. And of course, you know, he rebukes the unclean spirit in verse 27. And they were all amazed insomuch they questioned among themselves and said, what a thing is this? What a new doctrine is this? We haven't seen this since the early days. We haven't seen this since the Acts of the Apostles. We haven't seen this for seven church ages. What new doctrine is this? Well, it ain't really new. It is the old doctrine restored again. It's what Jesus had back in the church. It's what Peter had back in the church. It's what Paul demonstrated back in the church again. It ain't really new. It's just new to you. It's just new to them of this age. What a thing is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority he commandeth even the unclean spirits, and they do obey him. Hallelujah. Amen. He's got to obey today. Amen. There's a power right here in this church. I don't care how long the devil's had you bound. He's got to turn loose. Because there's omnipotent faith in an omnipotent God. Amen. Now, let me just say something. True doctrine is not a powerless religion. Amen. God hates that. Amen. If we're preachers of true doctrine, are you with me? Amen. Then there's got to be a power that goes with it. It's an omnipotent power. Tell me what Malachi 4 was to do. Turn your heart back to faith. It don't take much faith. Amen. Just faith. And when you have faith, come on, it's omnipotent. And when you put that omnipotent faith in an omnipotent God through his omnipotent atonement, devils have got to move. Demons are on the run. Sickness has got to go. Amen. Sin has got to turn loose. I don't care how long he's had you bound. Come on now. Luke 9 and verse 1. 
Let's just see if this was for Jesus only. Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over some devils. Did I misread that? Amen. According to the way it's read, most places, no devil. I mean, we got to live with sin. We got to live with sickness. We got to live with trouble. We got to live with... Amen. But he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority. Come on now. Over all devils to cure diseases. Amen. Even sin has a cure. Amen. There's nothing, I'll tell you, there's nothing that can hold a child of God, a predestinated seed. Come on now. Amen. Why? He sent them to preach the gospel and to heal the sick. This is what he called us to do, preach the gospel and heal the sick. It goes hand in hand. Preach the gospel, heal the sick. Preach the gospel, heal the sick. Amen. Luke 10, 18. And he sent them out and he says, they came back rejoicing because devils were subject to him through, their, through his name. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan. I saw Satan as lightning fall from heaven. I saw him fall from that position he's trying to hold you from. When you took authority, I saw Satan fall. This is, you were seeing demons cast out here, but I was seeing a devil lose his authority over a church. Hallelujah. When we see devils cast out, amen, he sees Satan losing his position of authority over the church and a church taking their position in the heavenlies as a son or daughter of God. All right. Now, and I give, behold, I give you. You show me where he took it back. I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all, how much? All the power of the enemy. And listen to this, and nothing, nothing shall by any means hurt you. Amen. But notwithstanding, don't shout because demons are subject to you. But shout because your names are written in heaven. Amen. Rejoice because you're right here in this Lamb's book of life. Rejoice because you've seen your name in the book of redemption. Rejoice and shout. Amen, because you've been identified with the blessed. Hallelujah. you got a title deed to all of the promises of God. Amen. What did he say in Daniel 12? At that day shall Michael stand up. And at, that, and at that time, thy people shall be delivered, everyone that shall be found written in the book. Thy people shall be delivered. Everyone that shall be found written in the book. Now, I want you to bow your heads with me. Your name doesn't come on the book at the altar. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life before the foundation of the world. 
You only discovered that your name is there. That's what salvation is. It's the recognition that you were his. Before the world began, you were his. I want you to think of these things now just a moment. I've been talking about an omnipotent power and omnipotent atonement. I've been talking about what the blood can do and how it can cleanse, how it can purge, how it can set the vilest sinner free. I've been talking about a gospel that works. And I can look over this congregation. I can begin to call name after name after name of those who were sometimes darkness. But now are you light in the Lord. I've been trying to tell you that every name that's in that book shall be delivered. And if your name's in that book, you're going to have deliverance over that sin. It can't hold you. I've been telling you there's a power that's in this word that can set the vilest sinner clean. I've been telling you today you don't have to keep grieving him away. You're going to need him to seal him. Why don't you invite him to come back? Maybe you've become a wolf again. Maybe, maybe you walked with him for a little while and had his sweet presence for a little bit. But your sins, your unbelief, the world pushed him back again. You're a backslider. You've, you've wandered far away from God. You heard the song come, sung this morning. It was calling your name. The only time I ever seen God run when he ran to me. He orchestrates a whole service just for one soul. It's a God who cares, a God who delivers, a God who will reach out to the vilest sinner, no matter how far away you've been in unbelief, and turn you to faith to start believing again. Start believing. To get that faith turned to an omnipotent God in an omnipotent, all-powerful atonement that the blood of Jesus can set the vilest sinner free, can make you free. Not set you free, and you're still guilty, but make you free. Where that ever guilt and all the shame is taken away by the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. Let him speak today. Omnipotent faith. You just get your, you say, but my, I, I, I don't have any faith. You got to start believing. I've read you the scripture. I've quoted you the word. I've told you what the promises are. I've showed you in the scripture. I've got you to drink from the breast of El Shaddai using Old and New Testament this morning. 
but why don't you let him reveal himself to you as Jehovah in his redemptive name now in his redemptive name that in there he can bring that peace that passes all understanding that in that redemptive name he can provide a sacrifice for you that you can see a banner is held high if I can get you to look away back to Calvary just for a moment let the clouds in the midst this had you, your view blocked from what he did at Calvary and look back to that hill not where Moses stood but where Jesus stood the greatest of all and there he stood there with his hands held high can't come down nailed to a cross he was nailed to the cross for you for what not to condemn you this is not what he's here for now is not to condemn he's, he's here present Jehovah Shammah not to condemn but to save people's got this all wrong he's here and now he's judging now he is here certainly judging the hearts of men but in his judgment he says neither do I condemn thee go and sin no more it's him that's not condemning today it's here where he's holding out mercy to you let mercy rewrite your life today let mercy move away the, dis- the discouragement and the unbelief and bring you back to faith again too big a mountain brother Tim too big a mountain I, I've, I've done too many things I, I've wronged too many I, I've said too many things I've done so many I, I've lived too, too bad of a life I don't care what it's a mountain but this mountain's begin to get smaller right here in this service and that mountain's coming down that which you couldn't make a way around and couldn't make a way through is coming down in the name of Jesus I speak against that mountain of unbelief and sin. Leave them now in the name of Jesus and let mercy come flooding through this place today and grace, grace that override unbelief, grace that will come down and change the lives right now in the name of Jesus. Right now in the name of Jesus. Amen, I want you to think of it now. Amen. As we pray, Father, thou knowest the heart of man. So no man can come to me except the Father draw him first. He that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. Lord, the opportunity is there. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you'll just come in a great way today. In that saving grace, rewrite lives, Lord, right now change them in your presence Lord I told them in that redemptive name one of the last there's seven of them it began with the sacrifice and it ends with the Lord is present oh God may today they see your presence presence for them Jesus name just keep your heads bowed just for a minute there's nothing like the presence of the Lord help me sing it Andrew just worship God just for a moment there's nothing like the presence
delight in his presence today. Shama. Jehovah's present. Jesus is here. There's nothing like it. Nothing like it. sin, your unbelief, just give it to him. That's what sin is, it's unbelief. Just give it up. His grace will override it this morning. Amen. The dove will come down. The dove will come to abide forever. Oh, you can have that joy, the peace. Have it in your life. Joy in the presence oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Joy Amen. He wants to show you his miracle this morning. Joy in the presence of the Lord. There's free. Freedom from that sin. Freedom from that guilt. Freedom from that shame. Freedom from that unbelief, from that tormenting spirit. A bipolar condition. We hear this way in one way. There's freedom for that. His Holy Spirit is here. Amen. Bring that deliverance. We rejoice not because demons are subject to us, but rather our names are written. And in that day, Michael shall stand up. And every name that's found written in the book shall be delivered. Oh, yes. There's healing in his presence. Change now. Oh, yes, I'm free. Jehovah, our sacrifice, our healer, our banner, our peace. 
Come on.